time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right, open up your Bibles tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts tonight. And the reason this first in this series called Get in the Game, I, the, whole, the whole premise of the whole idea is that there are a lot of things that we know we ought to do that a lot of times we don't engage in. A lot of times there's things that we let maybe pastors do or interns or staff or leaders or burn, but you don't necessarily engage in it even though you know that you ought to. So we've kind of set this whole series up as the, the idea of get in the game. It's easy. If you saw right there, you saw a bunch of young people sitting on the sidelines watching the staff playing the game. And a lot of times that's our temptation is to let other people do it. And you just kind of watch. But tonight I want to talk to you and for the next few weeks, we want to encourage you for you, the whole, this whole idea, the whole idea of DSM is that you guys are the body of Christ and you guys are the ones out making an impact. All we are is equippers. Does that make sense? We're here to empower and help you. But the whole idea is for you to get on the field, for you to take the ball down the field, for you to score, for you to make a measurable impact in your generation. All right? First Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you so grateful for what you're doing here at DSM. We are so thankful, Lord God, for the prayer movement that has begun, continues to take root here. God, I just, I, I thank you for, even today, I thank you for Victor leading and Faith and young people, teenagers leading in the prayer room. God, I thank you for leaders all across town today leading in prayer, camp, flagpoles on campuses. I thank you for the leaders that are in this room. God, we are authentically grateful for the evidence of your work among us. And we don't want to stop thanking you. We want to live with gratitude. And God, now as we prepare to look towards these next three weeks of activating our faith, of not sitting on the sideline, but doing the work that you've called us to, and then going on retreat, God, we just see, I just see these next weeks as consecrated unto you in such precious weeks here at DSM. We pray that you would cause your word to come alive to us. We love you. And all of DSM shouted, amen. amen. Have you ever received a gift that you really, 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 really needed? I'm not talking about just wanted, but just like you just felt like you needed. When I was in seventh grade, I kid you not, I, I, I would receive hand-me-ups. Not hand-me-downs, but I would receive hand-me-ups. So I was about... Seventh grade, I was a pretty small guy, so there was like kids in my church that in fourth and fifth grade would grow out of their clothes, and they'd give them to me, the seventh grader. And so I, I would get like hand-me-ups, and I went to a public junior high where I hated, I mean, absolutely, I hated my clothes. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, my parents hadn't get, gotten me any decent clothes in forever, and I remember the summer of seventh grade getting some new clothes on Christmas Day that were, I know this is going to sound a little weird, but they, they were Bugle Boy, and I thought that was really cool, and that's kind of scary, but I thought that was cool. 
Now that, that was cool back then. But I remember opening these up and nearly, I mean, nearly having tears come to my eyes as a seventh grader because I was like, I need this. I, I, I desperately need this. Not like I'm just grateful. I mean, but I'm talking like I, 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 I'm going to wear these new clothes like every day because I, I, I need this. Right? I, I really felt like I needed it. The, the opposite is to just kind of have something to get a gift that you don't really care much about. I don't know if you've ever gotten gifts that you kind of go, oh, thank you, and you could kind of do without it. It's totally different vibe than the gift that you really need. Sometimes around here, you know, when you think about needing gifts, you know, most of the times we would think about monetary gifts. You know, when you get, someone gives you, you know, money for you to get your car, or for you to go on retreat, or for something like that. We don't think usually as small gifts as needed, but sometimes, a lot of times for us, We'll get gifts in America because we live in kind of a wealthy culture where we'll get things and, and, and really it's a nice gesture. You know, it's like, it's, a, it's, it's not necessarily that we need it, it's just that on top of all the wealth that we already have, it's nice for you to get that for me, you know? So, like for example, when, 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 when Dan and Stefan and their wives went to Italy, right? My, my brother brought back some coffee for me from Italy and, and, and the truth was that I didn't, I didn't need that coffee. I mean... I, I, it was nice, it was kind of, but, but I was thankful for it. I didn't need it. It was just a nice expression. I think sometimes for you and for me, it's easy for us to think about spiritual gifts as something that we're kind of grateful for, but we don't necessarily need them. Meaning, when you get to the list and you read, you know, when Paul talks to the church in Corinth about spiritual gifts, you, you don't necessarily in your heart think, I, I need these gifts. They're just kind of for you. When you read it, you just kind of go, I could, I could maybe take it or, or, or leave it. I mean, I'm thankful that, that God is that available for me and that the Holy Spirit wants to empower me and that those gifts are there. But I'm kind of just doing okay where I'm at, as is. Things are, are, are okay. But... But this would be very different if we were to go back and look at the early church. Because the early church, when Paul's writing here, they're aggressively taking the gospel. On the offensive, they're aggressively taking the gospel into the world. It being the light in the darkness. So they're, 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 it's kind of like this, this is like a football field. It's like they're not just static, just standing here at the 40-yard line, content to just be on the field. They have an agenda and a goal. We want to score. We want to take the good news of Jesus to the entire world. We got to get in the end zone. We got to score. We got to make a measurable impact. We got to, and to do that, we have got to defeat the enemy. We've got to get past people. And so we've got to get past the darkness. We've got to get past these things. And in order for us to be edified, in order for us to really go in and crush the devil, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when you're talking like, Early church talk, it's not like, hey, we're thankful for these gifts just because they are available and if we want them, we'll take them. No, that's kind of what we have in America because in America right now, it's, it's kind of okay. I actually talked to someone just on Sunday who said to me, you know, I, I kind of want to just, you know, be saved, but I don't want to really get deep into the Holy Spirit thing because it's kind of spooky to me. And, and, and what you find behind that idea is essentially this. I want to receive the free gift of salvation. Then I want to marinate on planet earth. I don't want to aggressively take the gospel to the world. I don't want to be a part of even like this kingdom come prayer meeting where I'm trying to see what the enemy is doing. And I want to say, God, what's your way? Okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to attack. 
The temptation is everywhere to not attack. The temptation is to stay on the 40-yard line, be content to just be on the field and never try to score. Never try to make a difference. But I tell you, that's not what Jesus had in mind. Jesus didn't have in mind for you to be stagnant. When Jesus tells his disciples to go into all the world, when he tells them, go to the entire world, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, you, the ones that I've put my fingerprints on and spent time with and spent years with, therefore, you go. And in essence, he's saying the authority, all authority, I have all authority, and now I'm giving you all authority for you to go and for you to make an impact. Our temptation, you and I, is to just look at gifts, spiritual gifts, and let's just have a conversation about it, but not to need it. How will we get to the place where we desperately need the gifts of the Holy Spirit when you're living on the offensive, when you're taking the light into the darkness? You see, the, the nature of you and I coming together is that we Get to come together, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, what God has gifted every single one of us are, are taking place in the community of faith, and then we go out and we take it to the world. And so when we come together, it's not okay for us to come together, for me and Isaac to high five each other and be like, hey, what's up, man, you're cool, I'm cool, you know, Preston's cool, and I'm cool, and... I'm, yeah, and do the cool thing. And, you know, what church is is that cool people hang out together. It's cool to have cool people hang out together. But that's not, that's not church. That's just hanging. Church is when we come together and there's the evidence, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit among us. And people are built up to go back into the mission field every week. Go, to go back and take the ball down the field to help establish Jesus' kingdom on the planet. So this is far beyond just cool people hanging out. And we get that all mixed up all the time. I, get, I hear it all the time. People, always, here's what they want. Here's what a lot of people want DSM to be. A lot of people say, hey, we want to just have fun together. We want to just play together, you know? Like pre-Jesus, before we were saved, what we did was we got together, we hung out together, we played together. And that maybe in the world might look like one thing of evil things, even without you know, pre-Jesus, it might not necessarily be bad things. It's just kind of hanging out together. And then what we often want is we often say, but now I've said yes to Jesus, and now I'm in church. Now I'm in youth group. Now I'm in DSM. And now I want to play together with church people. So I used to, you know, play pre-Jesus, you know, hang out with people and be with the cool people, carouse, do what I want to do. But now I've, I've said yes to Jesus, and I want the same thing I just want to do with Christians. But that's not what Christians are about. That's not the church. The essence of the church is that when we come together, the Holy Spirit is manifest in our midst. And the Holy Spirit's alive inside of you. Holy Spirit's alive inside of me. God's given you gifts. God's given me gifts. And when we come together, there's the evidence that God is in our midst. And we come together to encourage each other, to equip each other, to help each other. I remember this, this thing so clearly to me when I was in high school. The Christians would come together. We'd have a prayer meeting before school public school, and then we'd go out to our public school with the mission to tell people about Jesus, to be like Jesus, to have evidence of Jesus. And I remember going to a Christian college and seeing something I, had, I couldn't grasp because I, I left my senior year of high school, then I went to a Christian college, and when I got to the Christian college, 
Everybody wanted to just be goofy and play together. And it was just like what worldly people did, but they just wanted to do it. And just, I used to kind of hang out and just chill with non-Christians or before I was saved. Now I just want to chill and hang out with Christians. You know, let's just, come on, man. And they're in, even among us, and even for me to say this, people are irritated because we love play. We love recreation. We love to hang. And the reality is, is that if in the, in the body of Christ we possess authentic going after Jesus, real prayer, real evidence of the gifts among us, real evidence of the Holy Spirit, then inevitably we're going to love hanging out together. Inevitably, that's going, to part, that's going to take place. That's what, you know, one of the things that we want to do on retreat. But if we go on retreat, and the goal of retreat is to play together, if that's the ultimate end, we lose. The ultimate end of retreat is to encounter God together, be equipped by the Holy Spirit to go make an impact. And along the way, it's really fun to play football together, frisbee together, and, you know, Nico to play wiffle ball and all that. But when we go, the whole idea is we are a people marked by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, and so out in the world that when we come together, we love each other, we love the community of faith, and we need the Holy Spirit. We need your gifts, my gifts. We need each other's gifts to sustain us to do the work that Jesus has called us to do. So these gifts that that God has given us, these Holy Spirit gifts, these these gifts of the Spirit, they are not just pick and choose, have fun, kind of nice, little, take what you want, open up a little gift at Christmas that you don't really need. Oh, a box of chocolates. Thank you, Grandma. You know, that kind of thing. It's like what we really need to sustain what God's called us to do. I love the Narnia movies. Anybody here like the Narnia movies? And when you, when you watch these Narnia movies, it's interesting because there's a whole parallel that we have where, they, where Peter and Susan and Edmund and Lucy, where they receive gifts. Do you remember this? So now, in this, there's all, it's all imagery. So C.S. Lewis, who is a Christian, he's writing this as kind of a big metaphor of the Christian journey. So in this, you've got Aslan, and Aslan depicts Jesus, and then you've got Father Christmas, who depicts the Holy Spirit. And one of the interesting things is when Father Christmas gives gifts... Do you remember when Father Christmas gives these gifts and, and, and he doesn't like look at little Lucy and say, here Lucy, here, let me give you some jeggings, you know, some, 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 some leggings, you know, leggings and jeans mixed, you know, so you can look good and you can be stylish and cool. Here, here little, little Lucy, here, here, take some jeggings, No. He doesn't look at her, he doesn't look at little Edmund and say, hey, hey, little Edmund, here's a little, here's a little eye touch, man. Be entertained, buddy. Here, here's a little PS2, here, you know, play, here's a little, you know, PlayStation 3, here, here, you can take this, here, you, you know, I want you to be entertained. Hey, 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 Susan, hey, hey, I've got something for you, hey, I, I've got some, you know, non-prescribed glasses that you can wear that are really cool right now, and this will make you really trendy, and they're big and black, and they're cool, and they'll make you look good, and... Hey, Peter, I've got some girl jeans for you to wear, bro. These are hit. And, 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 and you're going to like it, and it's going to feel good. And he doesn't give these gifts to kind of make us feel good. Culture, have you ever thought about the symbolism in the gifts? Peter gets a sword. Lucy, the little girl, gets a dagger. Have you thought about that? What kind of God gives a little girl a dagger? Yeah! 
I'm just saying. Susan, the older girl, she gets a bow and arrow. Pfft, I mean, like, crazy. What? What is what? I mean, when you look at Peter, Edmund, what do they get? They get swords, right? Swords and shields and armor. Why? Because the whole symbolism of the spiritual gifts is that they're weapons on the offense. The whole idea is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts in that case, Father Christmas, for us, Holy Spirit given to the church, is our gifts, the gifts that we receive, they are not for your comfort. They are not for you to finally know who you are. I got to get the prophecy. Watch out now. Mm, I know who I is. No. That's not what it is. It's not for you to finally go, oh, I have identity and I, got, I can know. I can. No, 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 no. It, the Holy Spirit gives you gifts for you to be on the offensive so that you can take the ball down the field so that you can destroy the works of the enemy. Do you know what 1 John 3, 8 says? 1 John 3, 8 says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. <laughs> I'm just saying. One of the things that we do as the body of Christ well, this is why Dallas's a video couldn't be, it couldn't be even any better than tonight. One of the things that we do as the body of Christ, we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we look at the world around us, and we go, how can we be the light of Jesus to our world? And we go, we, we are called as Christ followers to be like what Jesus was, and Jesus, Jesus was, came to destroy the works of the enemy. You are called, you ninth grader, you tenth grader, You 11th grader, you are called. You can be equipped and empowered to destroy the enemy. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit help you do that. They are not tokens. They are not just sweet little gifts that you go, oh, thanks so much, and you throw aside. When my little brother, Dan, I can say this tonight because he's not here. (laughs) But I love to make fun of Dan when he's not here. And when when Dan was little... Uh, you know, he was kind of the cute little brother because there's triplets. So Dana, Deborah, and David, and then we had a little brother named Dan. And um, he has soon passed all of us in height, but he's still our little brother. And, uh, and when he was little, he, he, he would open up the gifts, and it was, he was really cute. He was super fat. I mean, he was a really fat kid. And, uh, and <laughs> just throw that in there. <laughs> he was a chubby kid. I mean, anyway, let's just stay on that. All right, so... And, and, when, and Dan, every time when he was like three years old, when he would open a present, he would, he, he, would, he would always look at it and he would say, just what I always wanted. And then he'd go to the next one. And then he would say, oh, thank you, just what I always wanted. And he started, he got to where he would say, just what I always wanted before he even finished unwrapping it. Because we all thought it was so cute that he would say just what I always wanted. That we would cheer on the little three-year-old. We're like, oh, cute. But the reality is he'd look at just what I always wanted. And he loved the applause of people. And he'd throw it aside. And he really didn't even care about the gift. He didn't even finish opening it. But he verbally said, just what I always wanted. And here's what goes on there. A little kid goes, hey, I'm just opening presents here. It doesn't, I don't even really know what it is. But I'm just going to say thankful, do a ceremonial, hey, I love it. And never value the gift. 
What we do in a spoiled society like you and I have, where we got churches on every street corner, we got preaching vegetables, we got podcasts of sermons, we've got everything available to us. We got Jesus Church with swords on it and sword of the spirit. And whoa, I mean, we got all that. And what we've done is over time, we don't realize it, but over time what we start to do is when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're just like, oh yeah, thanks, just what I always wanted. Don't know what that is, kind of scared of it, never going to touch it. Oh well. And oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, God, that you, that you give us miracles. Does he really give us miracles? I don't really know. I'm just kind of nervous. I'm not even going to touch it. I mean, I'm just, I'll let someone else deal with that. Oh, the gift of healing. Oh, thank you. Just what I always wanted. Uh, yeah, I let someone else do. And we never, because we don't, because we're not on the offensive, because we're not taking the gospel into our world, we don't value it. But I'll tell you this, when you are on the offensive, when you're taking the ball down the field, when you are like, you've got a school that you want to see Christ, you want the gift of healing. It's not ceremonial because you know the person you're praying for needs healing. And you're desperate for it. And you want people to be saved. And you want the gift of the prophetic. And you, you want to hear the voice of God. You want that word of wisdom. You want it because you know if the Lord speaks to you and you speak a word of wisdom that connects with the 10th grader in your school's heart and they go, how did you know that? And you go, uh, well, I'm a Christian. Huh? Yeah, sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks things to me. Really? Yes, and right there in that moment, that's the moment where you step out in faith. You know how you spell faith? R-I-S-K. That's that awkward moment right there. What are they going to think of me? Oh, no. Holy cabooses. What do they think? I'm so scared. Sometimes they come back and they go, tell me more. Sometimes they go, you're weird. Either way, you win. Oh! David, how dare you say that? No, I want desperately to be socially cool. Ha! You can't have it both ways. You can't. But if you are aggressively taking the gospel in, you want every spiritual gift available. Why? Because you want every offensive weapon you can possibly have. You want to put on your, your full armor. You want all that you can get. You want everything. Why? So that you can reach as many people as possible. But if it's mostly about you, then you just want to do what's comfortable. Then, here's what, here's what church brats do. Sit up on the sideline. Find their spot in the bleachers. The golf clap. Good job, Stefan. I'm watching you, buddy. That's good. You're doing good. You're a good leader. Hey, way to go, Burn. Yeah, whoa, those kids are dedicated. Wow. We won't be able to see revival in a city if we're sitting in the bleachers. We got to get on the field. When it, comes to the, when it comes to spiritual gifts, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to ask God for them. Don't let them be ceremonial. Be so in the midst of the battle that you want every spiritual gift that God will give. Let me read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's Paul talking to the church. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. 
to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, and to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretations of tongues. All these are the work of, are, are, are the, work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. There's a few ideas in this. First, I just want to start off with this, now to each one. Each one, everybody point right here and go, me. Say me. Say me. me. Now to each one. Paul says to each one. God has spiritual gifts for, say your name. Say it again. God has a spiritual gift for I'm not talking theory. I'm not talking some concept. I'm talking your experience, your reality. God has spiritual gifts for you. He has one for each one. It's easy to sit, on the, in, sit in the bleachers and say, man, I love Nico's spiritual gifts, you know? So great. You know, I love, I love the way so-and-so, my friend so-and-so, your friend so-and-so, I love what they're doing. But the Holy Spirit wants to give you spiritual gifts for you to be on the field, not sit in the bleachers. This whole DSM thing is not about staff on the field and DSM watching. This whole thing is about the staff coaching and cheering on and celebrating DSM who's on the field. That's what this whole thing's about. That's the way that we're going to reach a city. That's the way that we're going to make a measurable impact and see teenagers all over the city come to know Christ. You, you have to say, you know what, I'm not going to just let the gifts be something I've heard about, I've read about, and kind of I'm nervous about. And here's why we get nervous about it. The very core, this is the conversation I had with a guy this week. The very core of, I don't really want to pursue the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The reason why we do that is because we're scared that we're going to look different. We're scared that the Holy Spirit, the one who is God, who lives inside of us, is going to make us strange. The good news to you, misfits, the Holy Spirit inside of you, God at work inside of you, that is what we're looking for. So the outcome of it, no matter what it does inside of you, that is what Christianity is all about. If that causes a cultural frustration or tension, that's what you want. That's what you're looking for. Do not, do not sit in the bleachers and refuse to activate your gifts. I have good news for you. God has gifts for you. Right here in the Bible, it's clear. For every single one of you. You may say, well, not for me. No, for you. Yeah, but I've had this horrible thing happen to me. For you. Yeah, but I've done this horrible thing. Yes, for you. I don't care your story. I don't care what's happened to you or what you've done. It's available for you. And other people will be equipped or not equipped based upon if you say yes to the gifts that God has for you. In other words, if you're a football team 
And you have one guy who's like, if you've got, if you've got, a, if you've got a guy come in and he's got some quarterback skills and he says, you know what? I'm not gonna play. I know I got quarterback skills, but I, I'm, I'm gonna sit this one out. It's all right, y'all got gifts, y'all do it. What happens? The whole team loses because they're missing out on the gifts of one of the guys, right? You with me? The gifts of one team member make the whole team win. Your spiritual gifts aren't just about you. They're about the body of Christ. It's not just about you. It's not just, am I stepping into the fullness of the gifts for my sake and my calling? It's for what God wants to do in your school. What God wants to do at your church right here at New Life. What God wants to do in your student ministry right here at DSM. The Holy Spirit wants to use you. We all play different roles. Actually, the, verse 12 goes on to say, Paul describes it as a body. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all in many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. All of us play different roles. All of us will receive different spiritual gifts. Some of you will be tight ends. Some of you will be quarterbacks. The smaller ones will be kickers. Right? <laughs> in spiritual jargon, some of you will have the gift of the prophetic. Some of you will have the gift of miracles. Some of you will have the gift of faith. Some of you have this gift of speaking in tongues. Some of you have the gift of interpretation of tongues. Some of you will have the gift of fill in the blank. All of these that we just read in 1 Corinthians 12. But the point is, is that if you do not exercise that gift, if you say, well, because of my insecurity or because I'm nervous, I'm not gonna jump into it, what happens? It, it impacts the team. We are a team. DSM is a team. We have a vision to win. We want to win. What is our win? Our win is an authentic, student-led move of God in every high school across this city. That's our win. Our win our win is not what takes place in the tent. Our win is what God does through you every day on high school campuses. Our win is prayer meetings and revivals on campuses. We are a team. If you use your gifts, if you exercise your gifts, you help the team. And it's not just this team, but it's then New Life Church. And then it's not just New Life Church, but it's the city, it's the churches in Colorado Springs. And then it's not just the churches in Colorado Springs, it's the churches in America. And then it's the churches on the globe. All are one team. Expanding the kingdom of Jesus all over the world. So don't sit on the sideline and say, I'm not gonna use my gifts because of whatever fill in the blank reason. Your choice impacts the team. Straight up, if you have the gift of encouragement and you don't encourage me, I'm weaker. If Candace has the gift of the prophetic and she doesn't operate in listening to the Holy Spirit and speaking it to Dallas, Dallas doesn't benefit on the gifts of what the Holy Spirit's doing in Candace. You're called to use your gifts, not just for your sake, but for the sake of the team, for the sake of the body of Christ. Number one, you have gifts. The Holy Spirit wants to give you gifts. Don't be ceremonial about it. Be like, ah, uh, if you're on the offensive and you are getting, the, I mean, you are have, you're having the enemy kick you in the teeth and you've got a vision for what you want to see on your campus, 
you will want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You'll be like, I want the gift of wisdom. Oh, God, help me. I need the gift of wisdom. I'm in trouble. God, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. I need the gift. I, 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 I need the gift of miracles. I got kids that are, I, I've got kids that are making fun of me. And I've got kids that won't buy in. But one time where you pray over a broken leg and they're healed, and people go, oh. And you go, ha! <laughs> Let me tell you this. You want real friendships? I mean, real community? Like, a real, like really tight. You know, you're like, David, I wish you weren't so intense because I really wish we could just play together more and things were more fun. Let me tell you this. Anytime that you have a mission and we are all working together on a common mission, the relationships get 10 times stronger than just marinating in front of a television or just playing with a deck of cards or whatever is the thing. Back to movies. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. A bunch of hobbits. They become pretty close when they got a mission to throw the mysterious ring into the volcano. Right? And all of a sudden, they're ready to fight for each other, and they're like best buds, and they'll do anything for each other. They won't let any bizarre beast take their friend or any the rise of the tree army, you know, pull their friends out, and they all fight for each other. Why? Because they got a mission. We're going to throw the ring in the volcano, right? And all of a sudden, little funny-footed, curly-haired guys, tight, got a mission, got a purpose, got a reason. Listen, we have the greatest mission the world has ever known. There, with this group of people will be so tight, so close, such family. But we're family because we've got a common purpose, not because we're all cool people that like to hang out together. We're people. Jesus is our common bond. The, the Holy Spirit wants to empower us to take the good news of Jesus to our world. He gives each one of us spiritual gifts and you decide the level to which you're going to ask for spiritual gifts. Some of you, you're so ceremonial about it. You're like, ah, I could take it or leave it. Oh, well, just what I always wanted, but I don't even know what it is. Tonight, I'm asking you, throw yourself in the offensive. Get on the offensive. If, you ha- if we had a warfare worldview, like what the early church had, we would not see this as kind of like, you know, I'll do what I want. I'll, 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 I'll get the gifts according to the degree that I want. I'll follow Jesus to the degree that I want. We would be in a place where we would see Jesus wants to stomp out the enemy. Jesus came, 1 John 3, 8. Jesus came to defeat the enemy, and he's invited me into his mission. I need, ev- I'm weak and feeble and broken. I need every ounce of supernatural power, every single degree of Holy Spirit gifting possible. It's not so that you can show off your spiritual gifts like it's some kind of spiritual beauty pageant. 
It's because we're a team. We're an army. We got a score for the cause of Christ. We want to make a difference. I need you. You need me. I need you to step into your gifts. You need me to step in my gifts. And if we all step into our supernatural gifts, we will operate in the supernatural and we'll be an army that can't be beat. Amen? All right. Stand your feet with me. I'd like to just pray tonight. I want to pray for... uh, I want to pray for you to be on the offensive. I'm going to pray two prayers. One, I'm going to pray for people that want to be on the offensive. And two, I want to pray specifically, I'm going to pray for a manifestation of these gifts in DSM tonight. So if you want prayer for either of those two things, just come forward right now. If you, I'm going to pray for both of them. Um, I'm going to call out these gifts. And so if you want prayer for any of those things, just come forward right now. Come quickly. There you go. Come all the way. Good job. Love you guys. So proud of you. I just want you to know, I look forward to Wednesday night all week long. I just love what God's doing here. I just, it was a few weeks ago where it was this crazy moment for me. It was one I'll never forget for the rest of my life where I closed my eyes and said, let's just do a prayer moment. When I opened my eyes, the entire place was on their face. And I love the heart of DSM. I love each, I just love the way you guys love God so much. All right, place your hand on your heart. Repeat this after me. Holy Spirit, come be in me. Fill me completely. Transform me. Help me live on the offensive. I want to take the light into the darkness. I want to be a light. I want supernatural power. Holy Spirit, fill me with power. Holy Spirit, come upon me to be your witness to my school, to my family, all of my days. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, God. God, we want to live on the offensive. All right, I want to pray for you tonight. I'm going to go through these. If you go, I want, I want the gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. I need, that's one, man, my heart jumps at that. Gift of wisdom. Raise your hand. All across the room. If you go, that's me. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Holy Spirit, we ask for the gift of wisdom. We ask for wisdom within the ascent. The gift of wisdom in Jesus' name. Now, you just verbalize to God. Say, God, give me the gift of wisdom. All right, good. How about message, gift of knowledge? Gift of knowledge. That's you. Raise, raise it up. All right. Gift of knowledge means that the Holy Spirit will speak things to you that are truth. And you'll know it and you'll speak it. Holy Spirit, we pray for the gift of knowledge. Let it be evident in our worship times, in our prayer meetings, over in the furnace prayer room. God, I ask for an increase of the gift of knowledge. Gift of faith. Raise it high. We want the gift of faith. Oh, come on. We all want this. Come on. I mean, come on. We all want to... Oh, yeah. Imagine being men and women of faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the gift of faith. Holy Spirit, fill us up. We want the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
We want all that you'll do. Give us the gift. Give us the gifts, God. Give us the gifts. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Give us faith. God, give us healing. I pray for the gift of healing. God, I pray that 10th grade girls at DSM would lay hands on the sick on their campus and that they'd be healed in Jesus' name. God, we pray for miracles. Pray for the gift of miraculous powers in Jesus' name. Pray for the prophetic, that we would hear your voice, God, and we'd speak it boldly. Make us prophetic voices and heralders and proclaimers. Let's preach it strong. Distinguishing between spirits. Speaking in tongues. God, we want to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Interpretation of tongues, God. God, we want to, we want to be able to say what you're saying. We want to know the voice of God. We want to hear it. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch us. Mark us with supernatural power. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Come on, everyone said amen. Let's give Jesus a shout. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.